drinks of cola, rookie streakers, number geekers, bunch of podcast wisdom seekers, Ben and Tendi, Ben Revere, Karen Richards, Risk Severe, I check my league ten times a day, what else do I have to say? We are back! Yeah, finally, it's Tuesday, September 12th, and I'm so sorry about the delay, but, you know, things have been Irma-crazy down in South Florida where Scott White is. In fact, our office is still closed. So Scott's not going to sound so great today, but hey, it's better than nothing. <laughs> Just a disclaimer. Hey, yeah. Scott. Hey, Scott. Hey, Adam. You, we're broadcasting. I've invited you back into my bedroom. This is the second podcast we've done from my bedroom. And Pleasure uh, to be there. ready to podcast. Yeah. Pleasure to be there, Scott. All right, so listen, here's the deal. Uh, like I said, power's out, office closed in Fort Lauderdale, so don't have the fancy podcasting equipment, which isn't that fancy to begin with, but Scott's just using his, his uh, laptop. He also is using Wi-Fi, so if there's any connection issues, that's why. But you know what? We owe you a podcast. we got to help you out here. It's, it's week 28 or something like that with 24? <laughs> 24. 24. Yeah. And uh, we got three weeks left in the regular season. Three weeks left in fantasy baseball. That's pretty awesome. By the way, we don't go anywhere during the postseason. We got one show a week throughout the off season to uh, give you your fantasy baseball fix. So obviously, we need to talk about players to add, and every you know a lot of closer updates since we last spoke. I had Al on on Thursday. Lots changed since then. How about this? Any must add players, Scott White? Our fantasy owners need to go to the waiver wire and pick up whom. I think, I think Jose Martinez is pretty close to being that. And he's still highly available, first base and outfield eligibility. Even though, even though Matt Carpenter missed that time with the shoulder injury, and you wondered, okay, they're going to keep playing him at third base if his shoulder's acting up. Well, they have. He returned to the lineup as a third baseman. They've kept Martinez in. Tommy Pham has some eye issues. Uh, Things he's dealt with throughout his career, really that prevented him from having the breakout we're seeing this year, prevented him from having that for so long. Uh, so he's, he's in and out of the lineup. There are just a lot of opportunities for Jose Martinez this year and the combination of power and honestly, um, back control that he's shown as a part timer has me thinking he could make uh, a real impact in mixed leagues. Would you drop Miguel Cabrera for Jose Martinez? Uh, I say yes. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be opposed to that. No, yeah. I wouldn't be. Good, good for you. More on uh, Cabrera later with the Trusto meter. Uh, anyone else there? I can. I can give some names. I mean, Mitch Hanniger's on fire again. Last eleven and games, no- Hanniger's batting four eighty nine with four home runs, eleven RBIs, four doubles, but no walks to nine strikeouts. It's hard to walk when you're batting about 500. Right. Uh, but, yeah, Hanager 51% owned. I mean, it's still a little worrisome because when he was hot in April, he was striking out a ton then. The BAPIP was uh, absurdly high. You knew there was some regression coming. And I, I I can even take it back farther than the time you, you mentioned there. In 20 games since returning from the DL, since that facial laceration, 20 games, 18 strikeouts to just two walks. For Mitch Hanniger, I'd feel a lot more comfortable if he was showing better plate discipline than that. He was a good plate discipline guy during his breakout season at AAA. But at the same time, a player who has the foundation Hanniger has, um, you know, just because I don't necessarily trust all the ways he's succeeding now, doesn't mean I'm just going to dismiss him when he's putting together this kind of hot streak. I think he's 
he's available in half of leagues, so he's uh, definitely somebody to look into. I got two more outfielders for you. Carlos Gonzalez is 71% owned. He's my must-add guy. He's batting 429 with two home runs, seven doubles, eight walks, nine strikeouts in his la- in September. This is about 10 games. Carlos Gonzalez, 429 with two homers, seven doubles, and about a walk to strikeout, one-to-one ratio in September. So you, you, you never know. I mean, wouldn't it be something if Carlos Gonzalez had such a bad year but finally gave us a good month to finish the season and he's 71% owned? And then Delano DeShield started playing regularly on August 13th. Since that point, he's batting 305 with two home runs, nine steals, 23 runs, 15 walks, 18 strikeouts. Since beginning to play regularly right about a month ago, DeShields is the number 15 outfielder, number 16 in points, number 14 in roto, and he's 33% owned. So if I ask you to rank Carlos Gonzalez, Mitch Hanniger, Delano DeShields, rank them. I will go Hanniger, Gonzalez, DeShields. Though, you know, I'm not opposed to adding DeShields. Obviously, if you need steals. But steals. That, that stretch, that stretch for in 24 games where he's hitting 305, he has a 355 Babbitt, which for somebody with his speed isn't crazy high. So I, you know, you pointed out the play discipline he's shown. I think he might be more than just a steals guy. I'll tell you something. I think the Rangers made a big mistake with him. I think they gave him too short of a leash. It's hard to play. It's hard to be good when you're in and out of the lineup all the time. This this guy should have been playing a lot. He blew it a little bit. I mean, let's say that. The Shields didn't hit very well earlier in the year, but I wish they had mm-hmm. showed some patience. I think he could have been a very valuable fantasy. I mean, he could have been a 50-steal guy. Yeah, and I think – I don't think they're going to back away from him now because Carlos Gomez is banged up. I know Willie Calhoun is getting called up today, and he's – a part-time outfielder, but more of a left-field guy, and they have an opening there to uh, Rugnet Odor is banged up at second base, and Calhoun can play some second base. I don't expect Calhoun to play a lot, first of all, but uh, I especially don't expect him to play at the expense of DeShields. Any pitchers that are must-ads right now? Well, that's a little trickier because you know, any pitcher who's widely available, you're only picking him up for two start weeks, really. And um, with three weeks left, I mean, two more weeks to set your lineup, and that's if your league is including the last week, uh, you're going to have to be pretty selective about that because obviously not everybody's making, not everybody has another two-start week ahead of them. I do think Tyler Glass now, it's a good time to beat the rush to him. He's starting on Wednesday, his first start since returning from the minors where he was just... Out of his mind, which, granted, he was always out of his mind in the minors. Dominant pitcher there. He's but insane. 3.1 walks per nine since his return to AAA, which is a departure from the rest of his minor league career, and even more so his last seven starts, I believe it was, 1.9 walks per nine. Mm, nice. He got rid of the windup. It helped him, his mechanics to, to crystallize and... Uh, he's repeating his delivery much better than before. I think it's going to go very well for Glass now. And, uh, you'll get Wednesday start to, to see how it goes. And it's just, it's all about matchups now. Like Jake Junis is, is 46% owned and he's been pitching very well lately. Now he might not give you six innings, but I think at this point you sort of have to lower your, your expectations for pitchers and just take what you get. If you get low run prevention and some strikeouts, then you can deal with five and a third. But I couldn't really recommend starting him this week at Cleveland. 
at Toronto next week, much more startable for Jake Junis. He's 46% owned. We're going to go through the most added list. I'm sure Ronaldo Lopez will be on there. I, I feel like uh, almost every time we podcast now, you know, it's been five days, these rookie pitchers, Lopez, Giolito, Junis, Snell's not a rookie. He's not a rookie, is he? Snell? No, no. But he, uh, these young pitchers, okay, Snell, um, the guy who got crushed yesterday, Brandon Woodruff, uh, there are a lot of really interesting starting. It's it's all about the matchups. And today, Dylan Peters goes. He's somebody that I have in my uh, the league that I one league that I still have a chance to win. Uh, and so we'll see what he does. But if he has another good start, then he's going to be a must add guy, must own guy. So it's all about the matchups. We'll take a look at it later. Uh, I do want to get an update on closers. Go around the league and look at some iffy situation and who's closing where. But you know what? Let's uh, let's get personal. How's how was the hurricane, man? Like everything okay? Yeah, yeah, everything's okay. Uh, it was a lot of wind. I feel like that was, you know, maybe maybe toward the beach they've they've had issues with some flooding, but that wasn't so much of an issue inland where I was. A lot of wind damage, trees down, limbs down, power out, but you know, nothing. I I haven't seen a ton of property damage, at least in my area, and and we haven't we we had a little bit of water damage in one of our rooms, but nothing major, nothing that's not going to get fixed within a couple days here. Um, so you know we're all feeling pretty lucky to have avoided anything worse, and and you know it's it's we're 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 glad it's behind us, and we're just trying to get things back to normal. That's I mean the biggest thing. I'm discovering this being my first real hurricane experience is that for the, the vast majority of us, it's a days of prep beforehand, days of cleanup afterward, and uh, just riding out the storm in between. In the last two years now, two years in a row, right around the same time, that Hurricane Matthew and now Hurricane Irma, looking like they could hit South Florida as like massive Category 4s. And they both kind of missed South Florida. And last year it was Jacksonville, I think, that got it bad. And this year it was the west coast of Florida. Um, and it's weird. It's like, first of all, it's such a guilty feeling. Because you're happy that it's missing you. But you know it's going to really devastate other people. So that sucks. And the keys got yeah. crushed. Yeah. Um, but I really hope that people next time around, I don't think they will. I think in South Florida, at least since Andrew in 92, even like even with these misses, you have to get prepared. You have to do the preparation, and I think people will still do it next time, even though this one missed. Like people fled South Florida. I know some people who fled South Florida to go over to Naples on the West Coast. Yeah, and then and then right, they tra- then they came right. back. And it's which just is, sucks. I mean, you see a lot of you saw a lot of talk, mostly from people outside of Florida. Um, I I kind of felt like people were guilting people in Florida to evacuate. But the thing is, the storm being as big as it was and, you know, the paths being only predictable to a degree, you had to evacuate, you know, well out of the state to, to be out of, to be out of, uh, to be out of its reach. And, True. and that, you know, it, it just, it, it wasn't an option for everybody. It wasn't, there were only two major roads out of Florida um, so, you know, those were backed up and it's just, it's, it's not, it's not clear. It's not clear what 
that there isn't one clear solution for everybody. It depends on where you live. It depends on uh, the the kind of structure you're staying in. You know, do you have hurricane shutters or don't you? All those are are weighing in. Um, but ultimately, um, you know, my family's safe. We're in good shape and uh, just ready to to get things back to normal. Sure. And we know that South Florida got lucky, but. Other parts didn't get quite as lucky and, you know, we're sorry to see that. It's terrible and, um, just wishing for the best for everybody to get back on their feet quickly and, you know, hopefully not too bad out there, but we know for some people it really was and, oh, damn, sticking hurricanes. Uh, alright, closer updates for the Yankees. It looks like it's a Rollers Chapman again. You can, you can book that. How about for the Royals? Kelvin Herrera out. Brandon Maurer, maybe, but he got crushed uh, <laughs> yesterday after getting a save on Saturday. In a non-save situation, pitched like the sixth inning yesterday and got wiped, uh, got crushed by the White Sox. Who's the who's the closer in Kansas City? I have no idea. This has become as messy as the Angels situation. Maybe even more so because they don't have the good option that the Angels do. Scott Alexander was a name I saw um, heading into Sunday, and then I think he worked the sixth and seventh inning in that game. He's a left-hander, so there's there's always issues with that. But um, you know the way the way Mauer's pitched recently, I don't think it's him. Um, he's bad. He's got a six forty ERA. <laughs> right. I guess Alexander would be my first guess, but it could be a number of options. And eventually, Joaquin Soria is going to return too, and maybe it's him after that. But not right now. Yeah, or it could be Herrera at some point. Who knows? Uh, Toronto, Roberto Ozuna is on paternity leave. So, you know, he could come back and he, he probably has the job, but he's got, I think, 10 blown saves. Dominic Leone got a save last night and really good numbers for Leone this year, but it's probably Ozuna, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know he's been shaky recently, but the, the Blue Jays have been, um, emphatic that he's still their guy and we know how good he can be. So I'm not really worried about him. Scott, get frustrated about the Angels bullpen for me. Ah, Angels. <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? Oh, Yusmero Petit, 7% owned. He got the save on Sunday, his first save in a month. In that game, Blake Parker pitched the eighth inning after not pitching in six days and blowing a save six days ago. Who gets the next save for the Angels? What's your best guess? Uh, my best guess is... I mean, Blake Parker's still the one I want to own. Is it wrong to say that? No, that's what I would say. Okay. Blake then Parker. we agree. Sure, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't feel confident he's going to get the next save opportunity. Oh yeah, but I don't if either. I had to pick, <laughs> if I had to pick one Angels reliever, I still think he's the best, and I don't think he's far enough removed from the role that Mike Sosha just wouldn't even consider him next time. In Miami, Ziggler's dealing with a bad back and kind of a bad year. Kyle Bearclaw? Yeah, that's somebody to look into. Uh, I don't think it's thought to be a severe issue for Ziggler. And he's been pretty good since, I know his overall ERA is still awful, but he's been pretty good since entering the closer role. Okay. So, uh, but, but the thing about Kyle Bearclaw is he's been really good since coming off the DL. The walks have been way down. Right. He's starting to pitch pretty, he's starting to pitch better. If you need a closer, Bearclaw not the worst guy. But if you need a, well, we'll get to it in a second. Let's go to Arizona first. They say it's still Fernando Rodney. Do you see a reason to pick up Archie Bradley right now? 
No, it was just a kind of an isolated meltdown for Rodney on Saturday. You're gonna lose yeah, the wild so- card game because of him, Scott. You heard, you heard it here. I said it like two weeks ago. I'm sticking with it. Rodney's gonna blow the save. They're gonna lose the wild card game be- because of it. And and Bradley might not have even pitched in that game. That's gonna be even worse. <laughs> It's a bold prediction, Adam, but it's not crazy. Well, you know what? At this rate, they might win the division. They only have another 10 games to make up. So in 12 days, they'll be ahead of the Dodgers. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, all right. Fine. Now, if you need a closer, here's the name. Juan Nicasio. I picked him up. I did not drop Tyler Lyons. I'm going to start both of them in my daily league. Because uh, I don't know. But I think Nicasio, is he the closer for the Cardinals? I don't see why you could dispute that at this yeah. point. Um, he saved Friday's game for the Cardinals and he saved Saturday's game. And that Saturday's was with Lions working to eighth. So he was obviously available for that one. And Acasio's had a fine year. I mean, he doesn't have, he's a little less than a strikeout per inning. So he doesn't have, uh, quite the numbers you'd expect from a closer. But as, as, as little as the Cardinals have had there since Trevor Rosenthal went down as, as little, um, you know, they haven't had like this, this standout reliever they could turn to in the role anyway. They just acquired Nicasio from the Phillies and I think it's probably his until he gives them a reason to try somebody else. The reason why I was skeptical was I, I didn't think a team would go with a closer when they're in the playoff race. They're like two out or something in the yeah. central. Um, and not that far back in the wild card, I don't think. They're in the race. I didn't think the Cardinals or any team would go with a closer that's ineligible for their postseason roster. So they got him after, they got him in September. And mm-hmm. he's not eligible for their postseason roster. But I guess let's get there first and worry about it later. Right. That's probably what they're thinking. Alright, Nicasio is a guy, Bearclaw is a guy. Adam and Scott were also <laughs> guys, and we recommend Nicasio and Bearclaw if you need some help at closer. Uh, we also recommend SeatGeek. If you need tickets, you want to go to some games, you got a month left in the baseball season, football's in full swing, want to have some NBA soon, there are concerts all the time. The Chili Peppers are in concert this weekend in New York, and I can't go. Thank you, football, for taking that away from me. Um, but uh, SeatGeek is the best way to get seats to your concerts, to your theater, to your comedy, and, of course, to your sporting events. Buying and selling seats on SeatGeek. It's very simple, but when you're looking to buy tickets, SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites, comparing prices, grading each seat, finding amazing deals, and letting you know this is the seat you want to buy if you want to get that bang for your buck. And every purchase is fully guaranteed. So get that SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com and use our promo code FANTASY. Our listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Get on that app and use the promo code FANTASY. For ten bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. News and notes. Wellington Castillo was taken to the hospital after being hit in the groin by a foul ball. He went on the DL for something similar last year. So that's a tough break. We'll see what happens with Castillo. Jose Ramirez left with a bruised forearm. The Indians said it was precautionary. Bradley Zimmer is out for the season with a broken finger. Jason Kipnis is going to come off the DL soon, and he will see some time in center field. And it's just like, man, I can't believe the, the Indians can't catch a break. Nothing's going right for this team, Scott. You know, the, the I didn't even realize this today. Obviously, I've been, you know, following following their 19-game winning streak to the extent that somebody in my position can, which is to say I follow 
all the daily goings on with every team in baseball. So, you know, I haven't dug as deep into it as maybe somebody closer to the Indians specifically, but it just dawned on me this morning. They've had this streak with Andrew Miller on the DL the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And Kipnis on the DL for what that's worth. And, and, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a remarkable 19 wins in a row. They are one away from the 2002 A's who have the third longest winning streak in baseball history. The 35 Cubs had a 21 game winning streak. So Cleveland's two wins away from that. That would be tying for number two all time. And then the record, 26 games. Tell me if you count this, okay? 26 games in a row for the 1916 Giants, but they had a tie in the middle of it. So I think it was 12 wins, then a tie, then 14 wins, or it may have been 14, then a tie, then 12. But the 1916 Giants have the record with 26 consecutive wins. Isn't it legit? of course it's a it non-losing streak, of course right? it is it's not a winning streak I, I come on they didn't lose it's, come on well then the, you can't call it a winning streak though because they didn't win they didn't there get was a chance to win they didn't win they didn't get a chance to win i don't know why it was a tie uh, you know what this is the this is kind of a parallel braves fans know about where you know they had a streak of 14 straight division titles in the 90s and 2000s or 11 straight, depending who you ask. It was either 14 or 11 because when the strike happened in 94, they were technically in second place behind the Expo. Oh, and they so, would have definitely lost that. So it is 11. Well, the, oh, yeah, okay. it is. All right. It's so, 11. But it, they never had a chance to pass the Expo. Come on. The Expos were the best team of baseball. I don't know what the standings well, were, but everybody knows that. Well, over – over 113 games or whatever it was they were, but would they have been over 162? Can you find how far back the Braves were? I think it was like 11 games. But yeah, oh, it, actually... that, that, it is over. 11 seasons, <laughs> not 14. It is settled. It is settled. I can't, I can't look it up without typing and you say everybody hears. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. I type. So, uh, okay. I found it actually. Oh, it wasn't even eleven games. It was six games. Uh there's two still, months to go. That's probably that's a lot. That's a lot. They had a chance. Uh they had a chance, but that was it's eleven games. Uh so thank you for letting us know. Speaking of eleven, eleven seasons. Speaking of eleven games, the Dodgers have lost eleven in a row. Sixteen of their last seventeen. I think they have Kershaw going tonight, so come on, get enough already. Uh Danny Duffy could start at Cleveland this weekend. I'm not gonna start him at Cleveland, are you? No. Okay. No, and, definitely, and, uh, definitely a 1-800 prove it situation. <laughs> Clint Frey, oh, it's so, uh, sorry, Hyunjin Ryu, he's having his turn skip this week. I don't know if that means he's gonna start this weekend or next week. Uh, who knows? And there are three, uh, minor leaguers being called up. Clint Frazier is back for the Yankees. The Rangers called up Willie Calhoun, an outfielder that Scott said he's not, doesn't think he's gonna play that much. Clint Frazier, I don't think he's going to play all that much, although I think he's supposed to play today and tomorrow. And the yeah. Phillies are calling up Henderson Alvarez. Remember him? <laughs> I never thought he was any good, Adam. After all the arm issues and he's just now getting called up for the Phillies, I'm not, I'm not interested in him. I, I do, I mean, when I say I don't think Calhoun's going to play much, I think he's going to play more than Victor Robles. I think he's going to play more than Austin Hayes. Um, because the, the Rangers do have some need there in their outfield. But is he going to start more than half their games? Calhoun, I don't think so. 
Okay, and and Frazier, same thing, half their games? Uh, I, I'm having a hard time keeping up with who's healthy on the Yankees. You got Gardner, like- Ellsbury. I mean, he could start for Ellsbury, but the truth is Ellsbury's actually been playing pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't see him just flat out overtaking Ellsbury. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't either. Cause the, like, he started out pretty hot, Frazier, but he didn't play great and he's come back from an oblique injury and those things hurt, so. Uh, most added lists. Clint Frazier's not gonna be on here, but Brandon Woodruff is. Wah, wah. Two start week for <laughs> Woodruff got rocked by the, by yeah. the Pirates yesterday. And that was the one and I realize it's a paper thin silver lining, but to the Jimmy Nelson injury, um, which I guess you haven't had a chance to talk about. No, that's coming up actually. Fulmer, Nelson, and Aaron Sanchez all done for the season. For the season, I want to talk about how you feel about them going into next year. But, but yeah, well, Woodruff. Jimmy Jimmy Nelson is the most concerning because he has a partial labrum tear. Well, and... you just wait one minute and talk about the most added list first, sir. Okay. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Brandon Woodruff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was, the silver lining to the Nelson injury was that we felt very confident Woodruff was actually going to make two starts this week. So, you know, if you started him based on that, not all hope is lost. Maybe he'll redeem himself with a second start, but it's the tougher matchup of the two going against the Marlins. Um, but that being said, his, start that got us excited about him in the first place came against the defending World Series champs. Seven innings, two hits. I think eight strikeouts. And, uh, I, I think there's definite talent here. He, he was, he was one of the best pitchers in the minors last year. And not so good this year, but it was at Colorado Springs, whatever. I don't, I don't know what to make of that. I still think of him as one of the Brewers' better prospects. And, um, you know, I'd want to hold on to him to see how this Marlins start goes. Because if it's a good one, I don't think it's crazy to think Woodruff could be usable in a one start scenario. Okay, um, we got Matt Olson. Oh, Matt Olson. We haven't talked about him. I know he was in your sleeper hitters column. What did he have? Like seven home runs in ten games. At one point, yeah. Forty-four percent own Matt Olson. I got I got a few people asking me Matt Olson or Jay Bruce for week uh, twenty-four, and I think I told one person Olson and one person Bruce. So I'm gonna be right. <laughs> Way to go. Yeah. yeah Way that, to be consistent there. I guess I hadn't realized how poorly Jay Bruce had been hitting, but he's fresh off the DL. We'll talk about him later. But, yeah, I mean, Olsen is one of the hottest hitters in baseball. There's no doubt. Do you have faith in him this week? Um, Well, not having the matchups in front of me. I Like, I still think of him as a matchups guy. Obviously, you don't want too many lefties on the schedule because there's still a chance he sits against some of them. The strikeout rate is still very high. So, you know, I, I feel like he's kind of a home run or bust guy. Um, kind of like Joey Gallo, frankly, in terms of what I expect from him. And you know, relative to the masses, I wasn't particularly high on Joey Gallo. So I think, you know, even if Bruce has been kind of cold coming off the DL, I still have a lot more faith in him. He's, he's been, he's had, he's had arguably the best season of his career, Jay Bruce, and we've hardly ever talked about him. Actually, you look at his uh, slash line, Jay Bruce, it's almost identical to last season's, which was pretty good. I just didn't really buy it because he's been such an inconsistent hitter, but he's gotten more consistent, and I don't know. He's he's good. He's good. But you do wonder if he's healthy. That's the only thing. Um, also on the most added list, uh, Jose Martinez, Kyle Gibson. 
like that's just no. I can't. I can't trust Kyle Gibson, Scott. He's pitching really well. His last four starts have been dynamite. Mm-hmm. But uh, I can't. And trust I remember Kyle there Gibson. was some adjustment I read about him making that, um, you know, makes it not. Yeah, you know Not what? Totally. I heard dismissible. He, but. I, I was watching his first start of the season. First start of the season, and they said Kyle Gibson made this adjustment. It's going to help this, that, whatever. And he was yeah. terrible. But maybe he well, made another was, one. This was a different one. That would that would that had to do with like pregame routine. This was more about pitch selection. But whatever. All right. Uh, your your point is valid in that Kyle Gibson um, has such a lengthy track record of. I think it would be generous to call it mediocrity. He's been an awful pitcher throughout his big league career, so it's going to take more than a string of three or four good starts for me to buy into him. I will say this, though. Gibson's 33% owned. His next start is against the Padres this weekend. If you're desperate, they'd say you're in a daily league, end of the week. Uh, I think that game's on Saturday. You need someone, you need a Hail Mary. That's not the way he's been pitching. It's not a bad one. Because look at the next guy on the list, Doug Fister. It's gone on longer than we expected. Do you believe in Doug Fister? It's easier to believe in Doug Fister because Doug Fister was a really good fantasy option for a four year, like a four year stretch. And only 33 years old, um, wasn't a guy who depended on velocity even at his best, was more of a finesse guy, one of the few true finesse pitchers in the majors. Um, but he did lose some of that velocity and has regained it this year. So I think he's back to being good Doug Fister, the one we saw for the Tigers and the Nationals. And, um, I mean, it, it's, it's hard to prioritize him over some of the young pitchers you mentioned, Adam, Adam Woodruff, uh, Dylan Peters, depending how he does Tuesday, Tyler Glass now. But I would much rather have Fister than Gibson. And Fister is facing Oakland this week, so that's not bad. And then he's lined up for two starts next week at Baltimore and at Cincinnati. And has a good chance of getting us. They're not going six-man. They haven't yet. So that's a Monday and a Sunday start for the Red Sox. Fister, 56% owned at Baltimore at Cincinnati next week. So he could be good if you need him tomorrow or uh, or next week. Tomorrow being Wednesday. We're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. Back to the most added list after Fister, Robert Stevenson. I believe he starts tonight, so we'll be able to talk about him. On tomorrow's show, Juan Nicasio, Garrett Richards starts tonight. He will, he's got a tough week. He's got the Astros tonight, I believe. Um, so we'll see. I haven't been quite as excited to add him, mostly because of that Astros start and then the Rangers, who are not exactly a good matchup, but I don't know. Like Garrett Richards, Doug Fister, Dylan Peters, they're all available. Who's your favorite? And then with that said, uh, Richards and Peters are going to start tonight, so the answer right. might change. So, it, yes. I mean, this late in the year with as little data as we have to go on for all these pitchers, one start can make a huge difference as to who I prefer. But I would say Richards right now. Okay. I think if he builds up, like the even more so than the Astros matchup for me, is just is he going to be able to last long enough in the game for it to really matter in fantasy? He only went three and a third innings in his return from the DL at Oakland. So, uh, you know, we, we need to see him go six innings or at least five before we can really start him. But um, I think he's a quality pitcher. And um, 
I think he has ace upside. Obviously, we haven't seen much of him the last two years because of injuries, but he's still throwing 98 and definitely somebody to keep an eye on. Man, I'm looking at this this list of most added players. I see Jake Odorizzi on there. I see Jason Hamill on there. Obviously, Brandon Woodruff, number one. Fantasy owners let down by two-star pitchers this week, no question. Um, last guy, Michael Taylor. Michael Taylor, I think three home runs in his last four games. He's got 14 steals in 100 games. Not bad. He's uh, 43% owned, Michael Taylor. So he's more owned than the Shields, less owned than Hanager. I think he should be less owned than both. You, yeah, yeah. I mean, you I hate don't... the plate discipline. <laughs> yeah, big, big plate discipline problems. I'm surprised he said for the batting average he has. It's gone on long enough that I'm not going to completely ignore him in that, you know, that power speed combo in a in a roto league, especially one where you start five outfielders. But um, I would rather have those other two. On to 2018, Scott, our next segment here. Three pitchers done for the year. Now you get to talk about Jimmy Nelson. You've been waiting for like six <laughs> days. Michael Fulmer is going to have elbow surgery. That will sideline him for three to four months. Jimmy Nelson, right rotator cuff strain and a partial anterior labrum tear. But I don't, I didn't think they had decided on surgery yet. And, uh, Aaron Sanchez. I don't know how you could have a more frustrating season than Aaron Sanchez's 2017 season, but he's out for the year with a strained tendon in his finger. So I'm sure Nelson is going to be number one for you, Nick. Well, actually, you tell me because the injury is pretty severe. I got a visitor here who you uh, who you might like, Adam. Oh, you it's him? your cat. <laughs> yeah. It's your cat. The cat heard Adam Azer talking and had to come over <laughs> and take a peek. You're like the cat whisperer. Well, tell us um, about the cat. How, boy or girl? What's his or her uh, name? His name is his name is Tiger. He's 14 years old. Whoa! All right. Yeah, but he like he's never going to die, basically, because <laughs> he's looked the same the entire seven years I've known him. Nice. Uh, That's a good thing. Yeah, he's he's immortal. But uh, to get back to the pitchers, mm-hmm. Jimmy Nelson's the one who really scares me here long term because you're talking about a torn labrum in the shoulder for a pitcher. That used to be, I mean, 10 years ago, that was thought to be a career ender. Um, it's what Michael Pineda suffered. And you remember how scared everybody was right after the Yankees acquired him for the Mariners. And truth be told, he hasn't been the same. He hasn't thrown quite as hard since before that surgery. Now his was, I think, I think it was a full tear. It wasn't a partial tear. With a partial tear, you may not in, even end up needing surgery. So if you own Jimmy Nelson in a long-term keeper league, uh, you know, you have him at a great value because this was a breakout season for him. Don't, don't do anything rash with him. It, it may be okay. Let's, let's see if he needs surgery and what the timetable is. But there's a real chance that he misses all of 2018 and there's a real chance he's never the same. That's obviously the worst case scenario, but it, it seems plausible. Fulmer, I don't really know what to expect. This kind of, um, I forget the exact terminology, like a nerve relocation surgery. Yeah, I didn't know if it was similar to what, um, Jacob deGrom had. Transposition surgery. Um, no it might be, it, it might, I haven't had a chance to look it up, but, um, it might be. It, it's just part of the issue with Fulmer is, like, I had him as a bust on my bust list coming into the year because he wasn't a great strikeout pitcher. And then that looked like a terrible call for most of the year. I'm feeling a little better about it uh, 
toward the end of the season when he struggled. But how much of that can you attribute to the surgery, to the injury? How much of it is just the fact he doesn't miss enough bats? It's hard to say. So he'll be, I mean, he'll definitely be outside my top 40 next year, I would think. And then Aaron Sanchez, you know, the reason why I thought he was going to be a bust this year was because I was so concerned about the inning spike from 2015 to 2016. And between all these damn blisters for Sanchez and now a strained tendon in his finger, I'm still worried about the inning spike. You know, yeah. He's, he's still. Maybe even more so. Yeah, right? Like, I don't know what to expect from Aaron Sanchez. I don't even know if Sanchez, he'll be a late round flyer. He'll be a late round flyer. But that's probably it, right? Probably. I will say he's going to be outside my top 50. And whether he ends up outside my top 60 or not probably, um, determines if he's, Really strictly a late round option, but I can't imagine drafting him inside the, the first 15 rounds next year. All right. So that's, uh, Fulmer, Nelson, and Sanchez on to 2018. I got a little hey real quick for you. Then we'll take a look at yesterday's action. Not too much, only eight games. And of course we will preview today's matchups. There's a day game that we won't get to. I think it's actually already underway. Um, but, uh, there are others that we can talk about, but we also, have to talk about shaving. Actually, pretty impressive, Scott. Uh, oh, I don't well, know. I'm clean shaven. Yeah, you're clean shaven. Yeah, I am. And I know that means you use your Harry's razors because we all got a Harry's razor. Harrys.com/fbt. H-a-r-r-y-s.com/fbt. It's really a great deal because we all know, way before I even knew about Harry's. I said to my friends, is there a bigger ripoff in the world? I probably said it on a podcast because you're all my friends. You're my only friends. Is there a bigger <laughs> ripoff in the world than razor blades and razors? And obviously there might not be because companies are coming along and helping out and Harry's is the best. Harry's gives you a great shave at a fair price. More than three million guys have switched to Harry's. I love the shave gel, first of all. I love the smell. My, I don't really care that much about what it smells like, but the wife loves the smell. Um, you, you're gonna get at harrys.com slash fbt, you're gonna get a free trial. It's a $13 value for free. I'll just, maybe I'll just come over to your house and give you $13. But instead, use it for harrys.com, and you get the shave gel, a weighted ergonomic razor handle, five precision engineered blades, and a travel blade cover. All of this for free. All you have to do is pay for shipping. So please give it a shot. It's a great shave. It'll save you money. There's no reason not to do it. harrys.com slash fbt. Harrys.com slash FBT. Hey, real quick, rest of season, Wilson Contreras or Robinson Chirinos? Well, Contreras. Well, they said they were going to ease him back. It's the only reason why I why Yeah, I, I mean, if you aimed a little bit lower, I could maybe say Chirinos, but I understand you're trying to you're trying to cram two storylines into one there. Yeah, because you pointed out in your column, your sleeper hitters column, Chirinos going into yesterday was the, or going into whenever you wrote it, was the number four hitter since uh, the Lucroy trade, number four catcher since the Lucroy trade, right? Yeah, yeah, and points leagues. And Impressive. I mean, he's had a great year overall. He's, I kind of blame him for Lucroy falling off because Lucroy's playing time was so inconsistent at the start of the year because every time the Rangers started Torino's, he homered. It seemed like, and uh, clearly hasn't slowed down with regular playing time. It's, it's kind of weird because you know it's in his thirties, well into his thirties, so. Um, I don't know exactly where it came from, and I don't know how much we can trust him next year, but he's a good option at a weak position right now. All right, let's go to, uh, oh, next one. Uh, real quick, Ronaldo Lopez or U- Lucas Giolito? 
I mean, Lucas Giolito was just bad in his last start. Lopez was good, actually won fourth quality start in five, but only one strikeout, only three swinging strikes. I I actually feel like overall Giolito's been a little more impressive. All right. Uh, so Giolito's your answer? Yes. Giolito, yeah. 284 ERA, eight walks, 23 strikeouts. Lopez had a good start, a quality start yesterday, but he only struck out one. And now yeah. he's got 10 strikeouts in his last 18 innings. And that's one of those starts against Tampa Bay. They strike out a ton. Um, however, Lopez, and I'm probably Giolito too. Good matchups coming up. Lopez has Detroit this weekend and Kansas City next week. Uh, how about the trustometer? You know what? Why don't we save the trustometer for tomorrow? It is team name Tuesday. And this is from George. George says, Gohara or go home? I, I mean, I don't know what scenario, scenario you'd want to own Luis Gohara to use that team name. Uh, you probably will be going home if you own Luis Gohara because that start of his last week was terrible. And I don't know how many more he's going to make either, but he's a good prospect. Whatever. Maybe if it's like a dynasty scenario, you could use it. And I think the really thing would be, uh, go big or go Hara. Cause that's the expression I know. Go big or go home. Go big or go Hara would be better, I think. Yeah. You get the, you get the H sound in there. Yeah. Without sacrificing the, the big. Right. That works. All right, fringy starting pitchers from yesterday. And even though these guys are owned in 96 and 91% of leagues, at this point, Cole Hamels is fringy and Kenta Maeda is fringy. I mean, I don't think these are must-own guys if you need to drop someone. Uh, what do you think, Hamels um, and, and Maeda? I'm with you on Maeda because last five starts he's alternated bad and good, and this was against the Giants. If you can't trust him against the Giants, what is he doing for you? Uh, but Hamels actually, in September, and I understand that this was his first good September start of the three he's made, um, but in September, the velocity's been back. Not all the way to where it was last year, but much, much closer to the point that I'm wondering if we overreacted no, to the velocity but the results, this year. the results haven't been good. Well, this one was good. This one was good, but but the season hasn't been good. Yeah. I mean, that can't, yeah. I mean, knowing, he, yeah, go well, ahead. okay. The season has been pretty good for Hamels. Ah. We were, we were worried he could sustain it, if he could sustain it, um, because the velocity was down, the strikeout rate was way down. And then he ran into some troubles there in August that carried over to September. But if the velocity's back and him being Cole Hamels having had a mostly successful season, I'm more likely to bet on him than not going forward. <laughs> okay, I mean, 405 ERA, the, the whip has been good. 405 ERA, 84 strikeouts, and 126 and two-thirds. I just know, I know, Scott, that if his name were not Cole Hamels, you'd be fine dropping him. But I don't think that's a bad reason to keep him, his track record, his like Hall of Fame mm-hmm. track record. It's not a bad reason. Uh, Alright, fine. And you know what? Hamels has the Angels on the road this weekend, and then at Oakland next week. The thing about Maeda that gives me a little pause in dropping him, he's lined up for two starts next week at Philadelphia and home against San Francisco. Ugh. Right? Like, couldn't that just be at Colorado and at Arizona? We can just be uh, be done with it. <laughs> but Maeda's yeah. got two great matchups. I mean, that's what what pitchers are in line for more than a week in advance. Highly subject to change this time of year. So if, if Maeda loses that second start, forget it. 
Yeah. You know, maybe an NL only scenario, you'll keep him for the app Philadelphia, but um, definitely want to keep an eye on that as the week closes out. CC Sabathia, 75% owned. He will have Baltimore this weekend, and I'm not sure I'm going to trust him. He had been pitching pretty well, but the uh, last two starts could not get through five and a third. Yeah, he's, he's questionable. He, he actually looked pretty damn good, but ran into some trouble. And the thing is, like, their bullpen is so deep. The Yankees don't give their starters a long leash unless it's Tanaka or Severino. I don't know. Sabathia this weekend against Baltimore. Starter sit. Mm. You know, if we're just talking about one start like that, I I, I kind of liked him as for the two starts this week. But if it's just a daily scenario where he's making one start and it's Baltimore, probably not. And, you know, he's, it's not like he's going to have another two-start week to close out the season, so... Yeah. I'm probably done with Sabathia for mixed league purposes. You feel the same way about Marco Estrada? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's definitely been better since that middle portion of the season where he was a disaster. But, you know, last nine starts when the turnaround began for Estrada, 398 ERA, 123 whip, 7.3 strikeouts per nine innings. It's just not good enough. And Steven Brault, I'm assuming we don't care about his six shutout innings at Milwaukee? I care a little because he had a 194 ERA at AAA this year. Now 8.2 strikeouts per nine innings, 3.3 walks per nine innings. Uh, I don't, I don't know that it really translates to success in the majors, but, uh, he's had a, he had a very good minor league season. It's worth noting. All right. That's Steven Brault. Teoscar Hernandez, Toronto outfielder, batting 321 in nine games with two home runs. One walk, eight strikeouts. Three percent owned. Any reason to care about Teoscar Hernandez? He's shown some power speed ability in the minors. Um, didn't get much of a chance with the Astros. And uh, they sold him. They, they sold pretty low on him. So they doesn't seem it doesn't seem like they really believed in him. They have a pretty good eye for talent. Uh, I'm I'm not I'm not really in a hurry to pick up Hernandez. All right, let's go to today's matchups, Scott White. If you just give me a moment, how you doing? Not a problem. How you doing, Scott? You're all right. Happy yep. to be you happy to be back on the air. Yeah, good. Yeah, I'm happy. Um, again, I'm I'm anxious to get things back to normal as quickly as possible. So this We're, is a step in that direction, even if. We are broadcasting from my bedroom through <laughs> a terrible microphone. Were you and people probably tuned out by now because no, of that, but no, they missed you. Were you honestly ready to deliver a baby? Um, I researched it. Yeah. Yeah. And this is probably a really dumb thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it didn't sound too hard. <laughs> I feel like I could have done it. <laughs> well, I mean, ma- basically, just keeping her calm and catching the baby. That's, you know, could in, handle in it. In a bathtub? In a bathtub? No, there was no talk of it. There was no mention of a bathtub. Isn't that what people who do, like, the natural births do? I don't know. Uh, well, there's there's such a thing as water birth. Water birth, okay. In, in a bathtub, yeah. Oh, right. I, I don't know much about that. Okay. Yeah, you know what? Um... I'm glad I'm glad we didn't have to find out, Scott. I'm, I'm sure, glad we didn't do. I'm sure you're happier than I am. Um, Marlins and Phillies. Dylan Peters, Nick Pavetta. 
Uh, yeah, we could we could run with Peters. We'd give it a chance. I am running. See with how Peters. he does. Yeah, Braves do and it. Nationals. Tehran at Gio Gonzalez. Um, Gio for sure, and uh, probably not Tehran. No, let's say no to Tehran. Dylan Bundy at Joe Biagini tonight. Well, Biagini was the one who was great last time, but I'd rather start Bundy, and in fact, we'll start Bundy. Yeah, all right. Bundy's got a nice eight-day rest here. Mm-hmm. So that's something that's sort of benefited him when he's pitched on extended rest. Uh A's at Red Sox. Sean Manaya, Eduardo Rodriguez. This is really tough. I own both of them. And I think I'm starting Rodriguez. As of now, I'm starting Rodriguez and sitting Manaya tonight. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. I liked Manaya as a two-start option this week, but when you boil it down to just one start as we're doing here, it's not worth it against the Red Sox. Sonny Gray and Blake Snell in City Field. Yes to Gray. Lena no on Snell. I there's some upside to it. Yankees. Um how have they fared against left handers? I feel like they have a lot of left handed hitters, so maybe not so great, but Whatever. Let's just go with Sonny Gray. I think he's been good against the Yankees in his career, but uh, actually, I don't, I'm not really. No, I'm not convinced by that. Yeah, I can't look it up because you've forbidden me up. from typing. Four and two thirds, two unearned runs, one strikeout in April. Five and a third, three runs, four strikeouts in July. I'm gonna say no on Blake Snell. Uh, Tigers, Indians, Matt Boyd, Corey Kluber, Sit Boyd, Star Kluber. Oh, Kluber for the, for, to tie the A's? It's a lot. Yep. It's yep. a lot. I was gonna mention that, but then we got off on that other tangent. Uh, Garrett Cole and Brent Suter. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Yeah, what do you do here? Cole and Suter. Star Cole, Sit Suter. Mariners, Rangers, Marco Gonzalez for the Mariners. And Miguel Gonzalez. Oh, M. Gonzalez versus M. Gonzalez. I want neither M. Gonzalez. <laughs> Robert Gazelman, Jose Quintana. Yes to Quintana, no to Gazelman. Travis Wood, Kyle Gibson against the Padres. Yeah, no thanks. All right, so I was wrong. I apologize. I thought the Gibson Padres start was this weekend. It's tonight. There you go. Hopefully people stop listening. Reds at Cardinals. <laughs> Robert Stevenson, Lance Lynn. Yes to Lynn, and I'm gonna say no to Stevenson. Oh, big Al, Al Melchior is a big Stevenson guy. Well, I mean, I'm encouraged by what Stevenson's been doing lately, because he's a pitcher who for, you know, basically since his minor league career began was thought to have ace upside, and we just have seen so little of it the last couple years in the minors and most of his time in the majors. So he's definitely shown improvement. It's encouraging to see, but still too many walks for me to buy it completely. John Gray is at Taiwan Walker. Big game. Rockies at Diamondbacks. Gray and Walker. Yeah, I'm going to say both. Let's start both. We'll start Verlander at the Angels. Are we going to start Garrett Richards against the Strohs? I was fine with Richards as a two-start option, but like I said with Manaya, not for just the one start with the tough matchup. Dodgers, Giants, Kershaw, Cueto. Both C's. Both C's, all right. Dodgers break the snide tonight? Um, yeah, sure. All right. Kershaw on the mound, 
I know he he didn't break it for them last time, but you'd still bet against them every time, especially against the Giants. Just a couple of emails to read at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. This is from Maddie. Hey, Adam and the gang. In addition to Harper, I can keep one of these hitters and one of these pitchers in a 14-team head-to-head categories league next season. Who should I keep next season? Rendon, Jose Ramirez, Matt Carpenter. Pick one. Rendon, Jose Ramirez, Matt Carpenter. Mm. I know. Cat- Not Carpenter. Categories league. Not Carpenter. I like Rendon a little more than Ramirez. I like how much he walks. And, you know, Ramirez has good plate discipline, too. But I just feel like there's a little more, certainly more history backing what Rendon has done. Expectations when he was coming up through the minors was thought to have a much brighter future than Ramirez. I I just have a little more trust in Rendon than Ramirez, though they've had similar seasons. Give me a picture from this. uh, Manaya. Barrios, Tanaka, Kenley Jansen. Manaya, Barrios, Tanaka, Jansen. Maybe Jansen in a categories league. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. I think Tanaka's going to have a good year next year, but I, I almost know Jansen will. Uh, and I think Manaya will too, actually. I think he got tired. I'm looking forward to drafting Manaya in a lot of leagues. Uh, yeah. Finally, David in West Virginia... Uh, we kind of answered this. Cueto and Dylan Peters are both available on his waiver wire. Should he pick them up for tonight? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I I would. I mean, if you're forced to choose one, I think I'd go Cueto, even though that's a tougher matchup for him. I just like, you know, I trust him more as a pitcher. But I'd be fine starting either one of them tonight. Cueto is facing the worst team in baseball. Over a certain sample. Yes, <laughs> that's He's true. The Dodgers, yeah. Also, the best team in baseball. That's if true. You look at a larger sample. That's true. What have you done for me lately, Scott? You've done a lot for me lately. Thank you for coming on the show. Much appreciated. Get back to work. Yeah. All right. I, I hope if I hope we can have higher quality sounds, and I'm back in the office tomorrow. Oh, I meant to that. Thank you all for listening. Sorry we've been away so long, and we'll talk to you hopefully tomorrow. If not tomorrow, definitely Thursday. See ya. Uh,